Hello, Fast Family, and welcome to Quarter Mile at a Time. The only Fast and Furious podcast that jet skis in a no-wake zone. I'm Nick Lathan. <laughs> and I'm Rip Camelucci. Uh, I don't know why I was taking it easy for that, uh, that introduction, because I guess because this movie... I just took it easy watching this movie. It was pretty good. Listen, I'm going to go out right off the bat. I'm going to defend this movie. No matter what. No, I'm going to defend this movie no matter what. All right, so we're both in agreement that this film, I'm going to use the hard F on that film, is not as bad as everybody says it is. It is. It is. This, this film, film has pedigree as it is directed by John Singleton. Listen, you got films. Here's a a short list of films. Citizen Kane. That's a film. Eight and a half. That's a film. The Godfather. That's a film. Too Fast, Too Furious. That is a film. All the same quality, all the same caliber. Oh, man. John Singleton. Okay, let's talk about, I want to talk about John Singleton real quick. There's a behind-the-scenes special feature on the Blu-ray that I watched before we jumped on here. And John Singleton, I loved watching him direct. All the the behind-the-scenes stuff. I'm just like, he looks like he's having fun. He's having Mm -hmm. a great time making a fun movie. And he just made it look look effortless. And I know how difficult it is to direct something. So, oh man. Rest in peace is all i got to (laughs) say. All right. Now, all that said, we're heaping praise upon it. I do have... This movie isn't perfect. Oh, no, it's not. So I want you to describe to the listeners what I'm holding up right here. That is, it looks like a Bud Light Lime. That is a Bud Light Lime. You know why it's a Bud Light Lime? No, I don't. Because there's no fucking Corona in this movie. Really? Do you remember anyone drinking any Corona? No. The only thing I remember is that uh, Roman Rome, as his friends call him, eating a shitload of apples and then people kept saying how do you like them apples were they talking about the apples that Rome was eating or were they trying to tell Carter Verone that you look like that guy from uh, from Goodwill Hunting that Will Hunting himself says how do you like them apples after he gets the girl's number from a bar he could how many times did they, I think I counted I think they do say how do you like them apples twice, twice. in this movie yes and was yeah, it? And I, I'm pretty sure it's because Cole Hauser. It has to be. It has to be. But Let's look. Not once did they actually say it to Cole Hauser's face. No. And did Brian say it both times? Which makes me think: Did Brian, before they went on this little mission behind the uh, undercover, did he watch Goodwill Hunting on the houseboat? <laughs> he watched it on the houseboat or at one of the motels uh, that he stayed at crossing the country. So. Oh. Let's talk about that prelude. <laughs> so there's a prelude on the Blu-ray that you told me to watch. I can't believe I've never watched it before. It's on both Blu-rays, by the way. It's, it's, on, on, the Fast, it's on the Fast and the Furious Blu-ray, and then I saw it today. It's on the Too Fast, Too Furious I, Blu-ray. You got to cover your bases. <sighs> in case you didn't see it in the, after the first movie, it's going to be on the same disc as the second movie. I was not expecting it to be... As long as it was, it's six there'd minutes be as much seconds. footage as there was. <laughs> I, it was honestly just felt like a like a college film school project. The best part about it is that all the driving scenes with Paul Walker, it just seemed like, all right, Paul, get in this car, and we're just gonna film alternate angles because a lot of it, the car is not moving, but it's supposed to be moving. <laughs> there, there's no dialogue. There's oh, yeah. several this... key characters. They 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 went through the trouble of casting this thing. It doesn't look good at all. It was it all cut footage that was supposed to be in Too Fast Too Furious? Do you know, Nick? I need you to give me answers, man. Okay, I want to. I'm gonna. We're gonna. I'm gonna break this down. It opens up with Brian looking into the mirror, and then the and then the mirror. Uh, he looks into the mirror, and, and it looks like something out of a Creed music video. <laughs> The mirror, the mirror, the glass in the mirror turns to an image of Brian and Dom at the end of the first movie. And then it morphs into, it zooms out and takes up the whole screen. So it's just Brian reminiscing about him giving a car to Dominic. 
And then um, Brian quickly packs a duffel bag, and the only thing I saw him put in there was a beach towel. So I guess he's going to catch some sun somewhere on his way to Miami. Well, he's going to Miami, so he might as well bring his beach towel. Well, he doesn't know that he's going to Miami. Yeah, he, he, that's a that's a fork in the road decision when he's coming up on I ninety five because he looks at those two signs. That's true. He needs to go to New York or Miami. Too fast, chooses. too furious. Could have taken place in New York City. Oh, man. That would have been a whole different movie. Yes. And that movie is called Running Scared, starring Paul Walker. <laughs> <sighs> it's just the whole thing baffles me. Like, because we, we could take we took the fucking trailer and went an hour and a half. Like, just watch this because for this six minutes, we could break it down for three hours. Dude, this is like a prelude. It's. It's amazing. Um, what was I going to say? How many races? Because, okay, he's in, he goes to Arizona. He races. He I know he races in Baton Rouge because I feel like one of the guys. I feel like some of these people in this are like hip-hop artists at the time that we cannot remember. Definitely in, in Louisiana, the driver looked familiar. I couldn't recall who they were or if they were part of a group or something like that. Yeah. Uh, it, given the time familiar. period of 2002-2003, really hard to say. If it was yeah. two years earlier, yeah, it's Cash Money Records. <laughs> yeah, I could not figure out who that was because that, that, that was the Baton Rouge race that really bothered me. Also, do you notice that uh, he slowly uh, – because he it, was it, a Skyliner? Is that what it's called? The Skyline, car? a Nissan Skyline. So the Skyline um, – you can tell that it's the same. Once he gets to Miami, it's the skyline that he was because he doesn't. I don't think he starts off in the skyline. I think he changes cars in Miami. No, uh, no, because he's on the run and he gets picked up by that woman. Who uh, every? T- by the way, every time they use a, a, a mugshot, quote unquote, of uh, Brian, uh, they use the same picture. So the the they hand the cops out. They all get the same picture. I think it's just a screenshot from the first movie. Yeah. And then there's a newspaper. Look, that we uses the we same have picture. to stop. We have to stop. What are we stopping? <clears throat> we have to stop talking about the not the movie that we're supposed to be talking about. Oh, but I would I would I gotta talk about the prelude. Watch it on the Blu-ray, everybody. It's on the first two movies. If you buy the box set, speaking of which, last episode you talked about that uh the the damage counter. Yes. That was not on my Blu-ray that I got. Really? It was on mine. It was not. I got the uh I guess you got a different box set because Yeah. It was not on mine. Because mine includes all eight fast films that are now available. Yeah, mine only went up to six. Yeah, six. Uh-huh. Um, and listener, I know what you're thinking. All eight fast films. Listen, I'm not counting Hobbs and Shaw. That's a spinoff film. So, uh, th- mine also had just like little pop up video kind of trivia as well. Ooh. So there are a few of those that I found particularly interesting. That's weird um, about one yours. Last thing. Okay. Uh, I have to ask about the prelude. How how long do you think? How much time do you think elapsed in that, like, story-wise? I think it could be anywhere from six weeks to six months. Uh, I'm going to have to say he's on the run. He is on the run. But it looks like he settles down in, in certain points. I know he spends – I'm going to say it takes place over the course of a week. So that means – A week? He straight up has a job at a garage for one of the stops. I forgot about that part. Let's say two weeks. Oh man! I, no, I'm gonna go with let's say six months. Here's that's here's why I need it to be longer than just a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Is because if that's the case, he sure does get over me pretty quickly. Yeah, and I I can't have that. <laughs> can't can't have it. Listen, um, she's off studying for I don't know what she's studying for, having to deal with her fact that her brother's on the run in Baja, Mexico. <laughs> um, but man, I'll tell you, uh, this this movie, I feel like lays the the foundation and sows seeds for what would eventually become a a I'll say it a crutch of the later movies, in that. <clears throat> This was the first time that authorities dangled 
expunging your record if you do work for them. It's true, yeah. As is much on a much smaller scale as opposed to, you know, being wanted by Interpol. <laughs> but it's the first time we see that dynamic at play. Yeah. I mean, listen, if you're going to do all this damage, you've got to have somebody to clue your name. And it's good to have the government help you do that because they're the only people that can, I guess. I I guess, man. Um, This is what me and you need to do. We need to cause as much damage as possible (laughs) and see if a Kurt Russell type will approach us and uh, (laughs) clear our... Well, that's fine, but for your car, you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be in a Gallo 48 or Gallo 24. Um, I'm gonna let me do a Google search real quick. Ah, not related to what those cars are. Uh, oh, wait a funny. minute, I didn't. Know, that's uh... a pizza place. <laughs> there it is. Uh, I could I could have gone for some pizza while watching this movie. This is a pizza movie for sure. And you know what? I'll say it right now. Miami, the South Florida region in general, has very good pizza. You're never going to hear anyone brag on South Florida for pizza, but there's enough New York transplants for them to know how to make some good goddamn pizza down there. That is true. I went to, uh, I was in West Palm. I used to go to West Palm uh, Beach a lot on business back in the day, back in the day, aka five years ago. And um, there's a place that I went there that had very good pizza. And I forget what the name of the place was. I know it was, uh, I'm trying to think, what is Ron Perlman's character in Drive? It was named after that. It had the same, <laughs> let me look that up real quick. <sighs> While you look that up, uh, so the FBI, they get Brian into the fold. Mm-hmm. Brian proves that the guy they want to work with him sucks. So he convinces them to let him choose a partner. Nino. Nino. Ah, Nino Brown. Yep. <laughs> uh, so he he choose and so it's implied, and we eventually get told explicitly that it's pretty much the same deal that Brian has. Do this job for us; we'll expunge your record. Is it kind of fucked up that he didn't choose Dom? Huh. Like, they justify it with Roman being a childhood friend, that he felt bad, that, you know, did he, did he not maybe get him locked up or anything like that, but he's been locked up, he's on house arrest. Uh, It's a completely different Roman Pierce than we've come to know and love, someone who's fearlessly uh, fucking shit up at a demolition derby, whereas, like, you know, (laughs) these days he's afraid to drive. Um, Yeah, just drive. (laughs) <laughs> um, but, but yeah is it like should he should there have been at least a scene where he's just like i want dom toretto and they're like that's a no-go like should they at least have addressed it they should have but you know what i'm thinking this is what they did <clears throat> of course they're gonna make a sequel to it because the first film of course is a classic and made a shitload of money at the box office as we know from looking it up on Box Office Mojo last episode, I should actually look it up on Box Office Mojo for this movie. Yes, you should. Um, but do you think that originally in the script it was Dom, but they couldn't get Vin Diesel back because he was doing Triple X, so they just changed the character to a new character? I here's the thing: I don't even think it was a matter of Dom or Vin Diesel being diz- busy. Uh, as much as it at that time, especially like nowadays, it's implied that all your main cast members are going to come back for a sequel. It's mm-hmm. con- they're con- usually contractually obligated to. But back then, man, that was still a, a period of time where like, you know, you'd have a, a sequel to a huge hit and you wouldn't bring everybody back. Jurassic Park didn't bring everybody back for the Lost World, you know, like yeah. it's it's not going to be until this upcoming Jurassic Park movie that they're going to have like all the principal characters from the first one. And you know what? That's what they did with the, the, the this movie coming up will be the sixth one, Jurassic Park. Jesus. And they, for Fast and Furious, they didn't do that to the fourth movie, brought yeah. everybody back. 
so that's like not even in my head. Like it it's, makes sense that he's not going to come back. <laughs> All I'm saying is like you could still they still reference Toretto in the movie. But like if if Brian's having this like you know if him picking his partner, he wants a fucking driver. This is going to be a driving job after all. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. My first round draft choice would be uh, Toretto. You get to you get the best driver maybe on the planet. Uh, well, and and you get to you do most solid. You think about this, though. Think about the relationship in um, Fast and Furious. It's pretty rocky. Sure, it's it's pretty rocky, but you know it's a, it's it's still pretty fresh, you know, and so it's still like possible. Just be like, hey, I can make it good right here, right now. Let's go. Hmm. I don't know. Just just food for thought. Food for thought. Something I hadn't yet. As many times as I've watched this movie, that that didn't dawn on me until just now. Yeah, I never thought about that either. And I've always this is the third time I've seen this movie. <laughs> Maybe if I watch it uh, twenty more times within this year, you know, you might you might be able to to get up on that that level, man. Um, Listen, I just I just watched Back to the Future Part Three a couple months ago, and I found a glaring plot hole in that movie. And I've probably seen that movie over fifty times. Hmm. So it takes me a while to find new theories and whatnot. <laughs> All right, do you want to get the box office totals for Too Fast, Too Furious? Hit me. All right, opening weekend, number one in the box office with fifty million. How what was the budget? Do we have the budget? Um, I think it. I, forgot, I think I had the statistics on the sheets. You know, I love me some statistics. All right, here are the stats for Too Fast, Too Furious. Uh, Runtime an hour and forty seven minutes. That's going to be uh, shorter than this episode. Uh, budget was seventy six million, which was uh, the first movie was thirty eight million. The gross of this film was three uh, two hundred and thirty six million dollars. Rotten Tomato score thirty six percent. IMDb score five point nine. Rude lo- on both counts. It's the lowest of the series. Actually, no. Fast and Furious has a twenty nine percent on God. Rotten Tomatoes, but it's a six point six percent on uh, IMDb, which that I think that's what really matters. And then Metacritic, 38 for Too Fast, Too Furious. Um, other films that op- that were playing the same weekend as Too Fast, Too Furious. Number one with a bullet, Too Fast, Too Furious. Number two, Finding Nemo. Wow. Number three, Bruce Almighty. Number four, The Italian Job. And then number five was uh, The Matrix Reloaded. Damn. And then rounding out the top ten, we have Daddy Daycare at number five. Mm-hmm. X-Men 2 at number 7. Number 8 was Wrong Turn. No, wait, never mind. That's, that's, is that a Paul Walker movie? Yes. No, he's in Joyride. He's in Joyride. Oh, okay. And then we have The In-Laws, which I don't remember that movie. And then number 10 was Bend It Like Beckham. Hmm. So let's see what uh, next week... Finding Nemo jumped back up to number 1, beating Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah. And then, Hulk. but how many Nemo sequels are there? One. Yeah. Barely. <laughs> uh, Nick, you ever been to Miami? Yes, I went on a cruise out of Miami once, and that's the only time I've been to Miami. So, would you say you're able to make a uh, an accurate call as to whether this movie is an accurate portrayal of uh, the culture of Miami? I mean, I. I... Besides the uh, the driving situations, getting from point A to point B, it's kind of uh, iffy. But, it, I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't really see a garage across the street from a Wings having a sea race while I was uh, in Miami. So, well, that is uh, in Hollywood, Florida, where I grew up. Oh. Hollywood Intercoastal. And I can confirm that those are where those two locations are exactly. <laughs> I think like, well, you never know if you're working on a transmission and you just need to go get a hermit crab in a in a plexiglass <laughs> case. I could, I could really use a boogie board with a weed leaf on it to complement this carburetor I'm putting in this car. 
Look, I'm going to put these brake pads on just as soon as I go and get a, uh, a, a pool noodle and a pair of flip-flops for $5 total. I almost want a deleted scene of Roman. Uh, it's like, oh, you FBI? I'm FBI, too. And he shows up in his brand-new female body inspector <laughs> T-shirt that he bought from Wings. Fuck. Oh, that's fucking funny. I want that deleted scene right there. Just, yeah. We need Tyrese. We need to do some reshoots is all I'm saying. Uh, I'll tell you this right now, though, man. Uh, when you said as far as Miami going, as far as the driving goes, like, what, what, what was that particularly in reference to? Like, just how reckless they drive? I think that and... Because um, that might be the most accurate part of the movie. <laughs> no, reckless. I'm talking like... I don't know. Whenever I was in Miami, it just felt like it took a long time to get somewhere. I'm just thinking about oh, Ted yeah. calling Brian and going, get here in four minutes. The the vacancy of the streets there, uh, that is completely unrealistic. Well, I don't yes. care how many how many road close signs you put up, because motherfuckers in Miami don't don't listen to signs. Yeah. Uh, and and like I understand that Brian's houseboat. And Tej's garage isn't supposed to be in Hollywood, Florida. But the fact that I know that it is, motherfucker ain't getting there in 15 minutes. No matter how wide open the streets are. Yeah. Oh man, that. But I, I, I... but I'll tell you everything else though, man. All the the speaker systems in the trunks, all the hot import cars, all the fucking random breakdance circles, <laughs> all that shit was my high school experience. Oh, man. Yeah. I had a lot of fun in high school. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I watched this movie, and it's just like, yeah, man, they kind of they kind of fucking nailed it. That's good. You know what? John Singleton. Good yeah. job. <laughs> man. Yeah, this, uh, I don't know, this, yeah, this movie's a fun time capsule. Like, the later movies do not feel as much of a time capsule as these first couple movies do. Oh, Specifically, yeah. the first two, the costuming and fashion fashion alone uh, are are just scream two thousand and three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, the soundtrack, which is what I want to get to this. Uh, that scene are you talking about when mm-hmm. it shows all the speakers and whatnot? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming, just like in the first film, all that is diegetic. So, what are we listening to? Of course, the song "Act a Fool" by Ludacris. Yes. So this. Of course, brings back my theory that Ludacris and Ted exist in the same reality, and they both look like Ludacris. Oh God! The more I think about this, the more you talk about it, the more I desperately want this to be a reality. Which is what I'm saying. We need to make a spinoff movie in which Ludacris and Ted both appear. Uh, we need to make us uh, more movies that fold in. More of these tertiary characters from Too Fast, Too Furious. Like, the yeah. fact that they brought Roman and Tej together back to the franchise is cool. The, but... the, the Legolas and Gimli of... <laughs> the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Of the Fast Saga. Uh, I love them both. <laughs> the Timon and Pumbaa. <laughs> That's exactly what they are. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, I would love to see, like... I don't know, man. Just like to, to pick any of those characters, I would love to see him again. I feel like Sookie could come back, and that's her Absolutely. name, right? Yeah. It seemed like she was poised to become a, a a bigger part of the franchise. Yeah, like she's you know she gets second place in the race, and she's hanging out with Tedge, and like she's part you know part of the uh, she's prominent. Yeah, she's like prominent throughout the movie. Yeah, she, I also, think she, I think she's in it more than Eva Mendez is. I that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, and also, uh, like, I'll tell you what, man. The reason why Suki loses that race, she's driving a fucking S2000, man. Get that shit out of here. It's a nice, it's a fine-looking car. It looks pretty good. But also, you know, you mentioned on uh, the first episode of our Patreon series where we cover uh, Fast and Furious Spy Racers. Um, Go to patreon.com slash arcade audio to listen to about that. a car not being aerodynamic. It it was very frustrating how many people raced their cars with the tops down. Yeah. 
Like, I know Rome did. Did she do that? Mm-hmm. I, a detail about her car in that race that I noticed, she had that little avatar, that anime avatar on the TV screen. Mm-hmm. It, uh, the emotions, it emoted whatever emotion she had. So she's, like, very angry, and the anime character was very angry. And I thought that was a very funny touch. It was nice. Uh, something I've also never noticed that before is when you first get to Carter Verone, the bad guy played by Cole Hauser, uh, when you first get to his compound and the first shot inside of the house, it's a, it's a, a, a shot on a painting that's on an easel. And then this, the, the actual painting turns into a screen Yeah, with all the security monitors. That just never like registered with me before. That's cool as fuck. That's what I, I noticed, say. I noticed that too. I thought that was cool. Also that you say his name, Carter Verone. Every time they said Verone, I kept, I kept hearing Barone, which made me think Ray Romano should have been in this movie. <laughs> Ray's cousin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I need to get out of this car. Raymond. Have Brad Garrett show up at some point as a cop. Yeah, he's. <laughs> um, man. So they're, they're, they're Brian and Roman are eventually like working. You know, for Roman's actions when they're they first start like going undercover or whatever. Are like so erratic. Yeah. <clears throat> like you know you're working with the with the police. One, don't shoot at them. Yeah. Two, where the fuck did you get that gun? Yeah, and why are you stealing shit from a dude who could kill you? <laughs> Especially as petty as a fucking cigar cutter. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Uh there's so much, there's so many details. About this movie, like, (laughs) about Roman? Well, I think I might have an explanation for some of of his erratic behavior. So, the first time that they're meeting with the cops after he fucking shot at them, uh, he starts eating uh, fucking what's-his-face. James uh, Remar? I I forget the character's name, but it's James Remar. Yeah, James Remar, yeah. Uh, He starts just eating a sandwich, and then when they're all wrapped up, he storms out and he slams the sandwich back on the table. And then when Brian and Roman are in the car talking about he needs to get his shit together, he's got a fucking sandwich in his hand and he is eating it. What is this guy, sandwich crazy? <laughs> Thank you. He's insane when it comes to food. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I even love that. That's the... the, the obligatory like two guys on the porch at sunset talking about life uh scene in this movie starts out with roman why are you eating so fucking much man i know (laughs) meanwhile films down the line han just constantly has a fucking bag of crackers oyster crackers in his hand and no one says a thing do you think they just wanted Brad Pitt to be in this movie so bad that they have all the characters eating? Oh, man. I'm not counting that out, by the way. Yeah. You know what? The way Brad Pitt is now, he has his Academy Award now. And yeah. he, Brad Pitt, uh, to quote Matt Bronger, has, uh, he has the same energy as a newly single dad showing up at a PTA meeting. <laughs> Wow, that is very accurate. Because you got Brad Pitt is he's he's popping up and shit like Deadpool two and yeah. like stuff like that. Like I feel like if Brad Pitt made a cameo in one of these movies, I'd be like, yeah, of course he is. Fuck, 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 fuck. So you know how a few years ago they were talking about making a crossover movie between the Twenty One Jump Street franchise and Men in Black, right? Yeah. Fast Saga and Oceans. Dude, that'd be pretty dope. That'd be so fucking dope. And, of course, you could do the ludicrous Tedge thing, just like how they did the Julia Roberts, whatever her character's name was. We talked about that! I know we did! (laughs) Oh, man! And Brad Pitt could be the one, Rusty, his character, could be the one to suggest that idea. He's like, yeah, you know, we did this before (laughs) in Europe. (laughs) 
And then, and then like they can't hear over the comms because Rusty and Roman are eating apples so fucking much. <laughs> oh my god, it writes itself. God damn it. Uh, speaking of ludicrous, uh, so this popped up on the little um, little pop up video action that I had on my Blu-ray. Do you know who else uh, was considered for the role of Tej? And I know we talked about how Ja Rule was originally thought to have to. It was originally meant for him to have been in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and whether or not it was in the Tej role, I don't remember. But just feeling it out, Ja Rule would not have fit into this movie at all. No. Um, whereas, like, Ludacris does so well in this movie. He might be my MVP. That's, he, this is his first acting role. Yeah. And he's so good in this movie. He's yeah. great. It's it's no shocker that he would like go on to have more yeah. roles and shit like that. But so other specifically other rappers that were considered for the role of Tej were 50 Cent. Yeah, exactly. Not so much. Yeah. There's there's no levity with what anything that he does. <laughs> Uh, Loon, who who I have never heard of. I've been listening to rap for fucking more than half my life. Now, how is Loon spelled? With two O's or a U? Uh, Just as as you would spell the bird. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, And the last one here, Redman. Okay. I can see Redman. I could 100% see Redman. Would it have been overacted? Yes. Would it have been charming? Absolutely. Would that have meant Method Man would eventually be in the Fast and Furious franchise? 1,000%. Obviously, he couldn't do it now because he was playing cheese on the wire. You know what I think? If they had cast Redman as Tej... They would have automatically, it would not have been Tyrese, it would have been Method Man playing Roman. That would have been a horrible casting. Because <laughs> Tyrese, or like Roman has to be, has to have muscles, man. And Method Man, he's, a, he's kind of a scrawny dude. Yeah. But like, um, because they're like, they're like New York guys, right? Um, yeah. Red Man is from Jersey and Method Man is from Staten Island. Yeah, so this is not a movie. I don't know. Like there, there's a specific vibe, and like I feel like but Southern and California work well with this movie. Yes, but not like a New York vibe. Yeah, I mean, ludicrous. You could tell that like that dude has made so many trips to Miami. Yeah. <laughs> um. <clears throat> fuck. Uh. What about? Red Man. Oh, fuck. What was I going to say? Never mind. You Cut this it. out. Yeah, this Red Man was uh, going to be in the movie. <laughs> that was it. Uh, but yeah, man. Oh, I fucking love Red Man. Red Man and, and yeah, definitely would have brought a very similar but a more heightened energy for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Ludacris is perfect for this movie. Yeah, perfect. Um, And you say that about Tyrese. So another thing that also came up on the uh, trivia was how at least I would be, I would imply Mm -hmm. that Tyrese kind of had a lot. Well, so at least as far as the car that he drove goes, he had a lot of input into uh, the look and the accessories and all that stuff into that, uh, into that purple Mitsubishi Eclipse. That's what, uh, yeah, that, 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 I think it was called like Inside Too Fast, Too Furious or whatever, but it mostly focused on John Singleton, which I really admired. But they talked about how he and Tyrese went back and forth as to what the car should be because Tyrese said, if the car don't look cool, I don't look cool. <laughs> hey, man, like, <clears throat> that's not, that's not wrong, especially for these types of movies. Like, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's going to go a long way. Now, meanwhile, four movies down the line, he's a big pussycat. 
and they have to literally push him out of an airplane after they've all jumped out of it. When is he comes? He comes back in Fast Five. It's been so long since I've seen Fast Five. Say that again. Does he, he comes back in Fast Five, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. I know he's not in Fast and Furious. No, Fast and Furious brings Brett brings back b- most of the main players from the Fast and Furious, where yeah. Fast Five starts bringing in the rest of them. Like Vince, I think he's in that one. <sighs> Yawning. Sorry about that. Listen, you want to take that again? <laughs> no, I don't know what I just said. I'll just cut that out or leave it in. I don't do a lot of editing on this podcast. Oh man, where are we at? Uh, oh yeah. Something uh, something in my note. Is this the first time we hear Brian's real name? Is in this movie? O'Connor? Yeah. No, no. We hear it in uh, when he he uh, reveals himself as a cop in the Fast and the Furious. I don't remember him saying O'Connor. I, mean, I remember Spillner being said well, a lot. No, so first of all, uh, James Gunn refers to him as O'Connor several times, uh, and then when he's calling in for the airlift. <clears throat> Pardon me for um for Vince. Uh, he says this is Officer Brian O'Connor. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Pardon me again. Good lord. Uh, but uh, this is also just like ba- a bad ADR. Here's an example of bad ADR when they go to. Uh, There's so much bad ADR in this movie. <laughs> well, yeah. When they go to the club uh, and they they're approach Verone's club and they approach the bouncer. Bouncer, hey, what's your name? Brian. Guess a Carter Verone. <laughs> that's not that's not an answer. That's not a name. And he just looks at his list. He's like, you say Ray Barone, the sports writer? <laughs> Raymond. Uh that also leads up to one of one of my favorite scenes uh in the movie, which like feels kind of out of place for what the franchise is so far. But uh the scene where Verone uh, like tortures the dirty cop. Oh, you're talking you about know, the guy that plays dirty cop in every movie he's ever in. Oh, uh, you mean Mark Boone Jr. Mark Boone Jr. Yeah, that guy. who I think has a uh, he has it in his contract that he has to have the same facial hair and haircut in every movie he appears in, <laughs> and every show because he had it for the Mandalorian as well. He had Mandalorian, Sons of Anarchy. He grew Sons of Anarchy. It just grew out over time. It's like they're just like <laughs> Mark. Boone Jr. Because they got to say his whole name. Don't cut your hair throughout this whole show. He's like, all right, Kurt Sutter, creator and executive producer of Sons of Anarchy. Uh, man. But that torture scene with the the rat in the bucket is pretty fucking gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think about what rats go through. I had a landlord once that told me that rats can go through anything, eat through anything. Yeah. Like t- he talked about sometimes they mix mix up. Uh, this happens in Chicago. They sometimes mix up concrete, glass, and rebar, and the rats will still go through that. You mean they chew through James Rebar? hey U.S. Customs Agent James Rebar, worst <laughs> customs agent in the world, has his food stolen all the time. All right. Uh, I think one of the reasons why I like that so much is... James Rebar. So the thing about... The Fast and the Furious and the whole Fast Saga is the fact that they never really do anything original. Most of the things in these movies are things that have happened before in movies or TV show, but they just build upon it or they just like improve upon it. They, 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 they up the ante. You mean they, but, they perfect it? They perfect it in many cases. They perfect it. Uh, but that's like one of the few things in a fast movie that like I don't know that I've ever seen in any other piece of media before. Well, like using a rat to chew uh, through somebody's corpse or body. Yeah. yeah. He's not dead when they try to do it. He's, just, he's, he's very much still alive. Yeah. That just makes me think of uh, in Skyfall, uh, Javier Bardem's speech about the rat and the coconut. Love that whole speech. Watch Skyfall, everybody. It's a great film. With a lowercase f. What did... Something that this movie did have, that the the first one didn't have, at least featured so prominently. Talking about just one Monica instead of two? (laughs) Uh, That, 
as well, but uh, a much more prominent role for goons in this movie. Yeah. Talk about Enrique and Roberto. Them well, guys. talk about Enrique and Roberto, but also the other two racers. The one guy who looks like uh, a Fox. body double for Edge, but with black hair. Yeah. And another guy who just straight up went through his third divorce in Miami and uh, is 58 years old in this movie. Fonzie and Fabio is uh, what Roman calls them. Yeah. I have this in my notes. Whenever they're uh, whenever they're doing the whole audition chase or whatever, trying to get the uh, cigar out of his Ferrari, mm-hmm. like Brian and Roman look like totally different from the other guys. All the other guys, I just wrote they. It's just it's Brian and Roman versus Smash Mouth. Because <laughs> like one guy, of course, has like the wraparound shades, a bowling shirt, and like frosted tips. And uh, they just all look like they're in Smash Mouth. Uh, they all look like realistic, newly single dads going to PTA meetings. I think that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it is. Is like I don't know why uh, Carter Barone put out a or Ray Barone put out a uh, a feeler to a bunch of like I guess it was like couples counseling offices. And it's just like <laughs> guys, if you get any. New divorces coming in, and they need work. They need to pay that alimony. Yeah, I got it covered. <laughs> First of all, they gotta have, <laughs> they gotta have a Mustang. They <laughs> shit like that. Okay, I'm sure they got it because they. That's why they got a divorce because they blew all their money on these fast cars. Yeah, that and sleeping with the tennis instructor. It's true. Yeah, those guys all look like yeah, newly single. Uh, I'm sure all their all their kids hate them. They yeah. <laughs> I hope it crashed, Dad. <laughs> I hope an 18 wheeler drives over your car and possibly kills you, Dad. That definitely kills that guy. That dude got fucking crushed. Yeah, that that, that dude was definitely. I never noticed that the first two times I watched the movie, but this time I was like, wow, those wheels go over the driver's seat. That dude is dead. Uh, speaking of damage, uh, when we're in the, the third act and they're trying to like get the money from the safe house to, to not the landing strip, but down in the keys and they have that, uh, sequence in the, uh, the, the all those garages and shit, mm-hmm. you know, like loading, uh, warehouse or whatever. And so I had the, the damage tracker on for that. So jealous. Uh, was it that? I'm pretty sure it was that. Yeah, and it starts out, and the, all the the garage bay door open, open doors open, mm-hmm. and all the trucks like lead the way, lead the charge. Real quick, uh, those are they're all Dodge Rams, and they yeah. ran the cop cars. Love that detail. Oh, <laughs> this movie works on different levels. Uh, when they do that, the damage just goes. Six totaled Chevrolet Caprices. Wow. (laughs) I like like $27,000 a pop. Yeah, (laughs) that's insane. That that whole uh, scramble sequence, first of all, I loved it because I always forget that that happens, even though it was in the trailer shown prominently. But uh, if you look, it's like blinking, you'll miss it, but one of the cars is a PT Cruiser. And I'm like, like, what are you, whose mom? Whose mom is there? (laughs) Oh, this is going to be fun. Me and my husband just got a divorce because he bought a too fucking expensive car. So I thought I'd have some fun in the family car. <laughs> or or uh, it's just like a friend of the wife of that whose husband hasn't they haven't gotten divorced yet. It's just like stay with him wherever he goes, Gina. No matter what it is, stay with him wherever he goes. If he leaves the house, tell him you're, go- you're going to be behind him. Or maybe uh, one of the guys who lost their cars decided uh, he had to use his ex-wife's car that that time. <laughs> that could have happened. Didn't want to rely on the bus tokens. All right, real quick before we start talking about anything else about the movie, which I know we've already covered a lot of ground. But every time I watch this movie, I'm that much closer to literally just throwing in the towel giving it all up, just abandoning all the things that, you know, we've all worked on here with Arcade Audio and and elsewhere. 
and getting a fucking houseboat. I know you've talked about it. And every time I watch this movie, I'm that much closer. Would you live on a houseboat, Nick? You know what? I probably... I would live... Uh, if, if the situation was the same situation as Sonny Crockett in Miami Vice, <laughs> hell yeah. I'm talking about living in a boat, a sailboat with an alligator. I would definitely do that. Dude, if the situation was the same situation as Andrew Cananan in the assassination of Johnny Johnny Versace... <laughs> I'll live in that fucking houseboat. That houseboat was enormous. Didn't seem like a boat at times. I, I yeah, I'm gonna go with Sonny Crockett. That's my that's You're my right. level of houseboat. You're right. Because <laughs> first of all, he's got a houseboat. You know, little uh, he can take it out sailing. You know, it's not like your typical houseboat. And also, right. he's got a cigarette boat attached to it. Yeah. Which, by the way, this movie did not have enough cigarette boat action. If you're going to be in Miami, you got to have some... I saw one cigarette boat this entire movie. Yeah, you definitely need, like, at least one good, like, Michael Mann-esque homage to, like, some, like, cigarette boat races. This would have been a perfect opportunity for some cigarette boat races. Oh, my God. Instead, they're just fucking around with with jet skis in a no-wake zone. (laughs) We need to contact the... uh... Aquatic police. I don't know who we need to talk to about this. Not James <laughs> Remar. I can tell you that much. Worst cop ever. Um, yeah, yeah. I, man, here's what I would want. I'd want a houseboat, but you can't really take those out. So attached to my houseboat, I would want the boat from Thunder in Paradise. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Still blazing in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> You would have to do the handshake, of course. Of course. The uh, hitting both el- hitting both arms together, doing the thumbs up at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's such a good show. I always thought that Hogan's sidekick in that show was Sting because it just like made sense in my wrestling brain. No, it is it is actor Jack Lemmon's son. What? Yes. Ha! Fuck. Was it Thunder in Paradise or Baywatch where Macho Man kills somebody on a sea doo That was Baywatch. That was Baywatch. That was definitely Baywatch. <laughs> I recently watched a clip uh, that was floating around on Twitter of uh, Mike Piazza's uh, appearance on Baywatch, and I believe it was the first draft of the script. Do you know how many episodes <laughs> of fucking Baywatch there are? How many? Over 200. Oh yeah, it's you a syndication. Many, do you know how many seasons of Baywatch there were? A thousand. I mean, three. No. No, but it's low. It's the ratio is off. That's all. That's what I'm trying to get at. Let's look at this shit. Uh, Baywatch. You know what I really liked was Baywatch Nights, just because that was like, that was a weird show. <laughs> There's 242 episodes of Baywatch, and there are 11 seasons. That makes sense. Yeah, 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 I guess. But Baywatch Nights had, like, paranormal shit. Like, it was David Hasselhoff, like, doing X-Files type stuff. It's weird. Uh, How did those tie in with Baywatch Hawaiian Reunion or Baywatch the movie Forbidden Paradise? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Or Baywatch Panic at Malibu Malibu Pier. Oh, man, are you saying that we need to uh, yes. do a Baywatch podcast? <laughs> <laughs> uh, except instead of like just talking about the episodes, we just do a dramatic reading of all of the episodes. Yes, we'll have to we'll have to get Travis in to do the Mike Piazza episode. Because uh, he was a pitcher and baseball in college. What else? Okay, let's get back to the movie. What a Oh yeah, EMP guns. Let's talk about the EMP guns cuz I'm obsessed with those. Uh absolutely let's talk about those because that's actually some technology that shows up in a much smaller form what have you in Spy Racers. It does. We didn't talk about that on the we podcast. Didn't. Oh well. <laughs> that's <laughs> we never will. Nope. Uh 
yeah, I, that's some fun little uh, uh, connections that they probably didn't realize they made. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, the EMP gun cracked me up because watching this movie for the first time in 2004, 2003, whenever I watched it for the first time, I remember watching that going, oh, shit, they got that now? <laughs> like, cops have those now? And then, like, years later, I just thought about, like, that's the only time I've ever seen an EMP gun. And then, like, yeah, watching this movie, I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot about this. And then look it up, like, yeah, the writers made it up for the movie. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, eighth grade me is pissed off right now because EMP guns aren't real. They should be, though. But also, like, is it that far? Like, as much as you see, like, EMP devices used... As, you know, whatever in movies. It's not that far-fetched. The fact that it was, like, as... I don't know, with its own little, like, screen and shit like that. Like, that was a little hammy. uh, It reminded me a lot of the railgun from um, Eraser. (laughs) I don't know if you remember that. No. Have you ever seen Eraser? Eraser? No. With Arnold Schwartz. Okay, the whole thing with that movie was they were selling these illegal rail guns that, of course, they shoot. Um, they had, like, X-ray sights, and they could shoot through buildings, and they could kill you. They could basically see your skeleton and your organs or whatever and target your heart and shoot it. You need to check yeah. out Erasers. Pretty dope. There's a grenade in that movie that uh, shoots nails all over the place, and that's a very gnarly scene because Arnold gets a nail, like a—it's not even a nail; it's like a drill bit through his uh, through his hand. He has to get that out. Pretty gnarly. All I know about that movie is: does that movie shoot in Florida as well? Um, he does. I, does I don't think it shoots in Florida, but he does shoot an alligator. So that's that's what I'm getting at because that's the only <laughs> thing I know about that movie is because. Uh, back in college, we used to play a medley-style improv game called Schwarzenegger Dies, mm-hmm. uh, where you get an object and you have to come up with a, a Schwarzenegger kill line, uh, incorporating that object into the line. Yeah. And the example we always gave was in Eraser, whenever uh, Schwarzenegger kills the, the alligator, he goes, boom, now your luggage. Yeah, your luggage. Yeah. It's like in a, in a Total Recall, he kills Sharon Stone as his wife, and he goes, consider this a divorce. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? I was just about to say, we got to get Schwarzenegger in a Fast and Furious movie, but honestly, I'm good, because I feel like he would take up too much oxygen. He would. He, uh, yeah. Speaking of Schwarzenegger, though, well, uh, his, his Planet Hollywood, uh, they were invested in Planet Hollywood together, right? Or was that... Schwarzenegger and, and, sorry, Stallone. Stallone, Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis, and I forget who okay, else. That's what I thought. Speaking of his Hollywood Planet uh, cohort, Carter Verone's mansion was once owned by Sylvester Stallone. Really? Yes, indeed. Is this the same mansion where, uh, look this up online, everybody, Sylvester Stallone Hawaiian shirt. It's Sylvester Stallone in a... And his long Rambo hair, styling with uh, a very flowy pink Hawaiian shirt. He's at a mansion, and this is probably the same mansion. Miami as fuck, dude. He looks like he could, like... (laughs) It looks like he was John Rambo trying to blend into a Miami nightclub. (laughs) Which is very impossible. Um, So, like, the big climax of the movie, man. I gotta say, it was... It was a, a very good escalation from the uh, the jumping past the train in the Fast and the Furious, jumping the car onto the yacht. Yeah, it's pretty fucking dope. <laughs> yeah, that was a really cool uh, bit. A bit that cracked me up was right after that. Is uh, of course in every movie ever when somebody has a shotgun, they rack it before they point the gun at you. So what does Cole Hauser do? He racks the shotgun. Shoots at Brian, and then Brian, of course, shoots him in the arm, and then um, the shotgun gets knocked out of his hand or whatever, and then Monica picks it up. Monica. And she does not rack the shotgun, which there was a shot. Okay, it it goes rack, shot, pick up, and then she points the gun at him. And I was watching that going, Monica, you got to rack that shotgun to get that shell out. 
It's useless right now until you rack that shotgun. Monica, what are you doing? Speaking of racking. <laughs> and 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 good direction. Uh, I love that the they got that signature Fast and Furious shot before the race uh, through all the car windows uh, of every racer as they rack focus. Uh, that was pretty that. cool. Just, that's, a, that's a great shot. That, that first race, uh, <laughs> I know we're jumping around all over this fucking movie, yeah. but that first race... You saw race, the movie, you know what we're talking about. Yeah, that first race cracks me up because, like, Tej goes through... Great pains to make it as safe as possible. They close rows. He makes everybody back up before they start the race up. And then at the end, he's like, I got a big surprise. He lifts up a bridge. <laughs> I'm about to cause damage on all your cars. And then Michael Ely uh, <laughs> crashes Underrated, into Underrated, by the way. Yes. I went on a rant last time we talked about this movie about he should have had such a better career, Michael Ely. <laughs> Did you watch Westworld season three? No, is he in it? He's in Westworld season three. Fuck! Why didn't anyone tell me? I might have actually watched it. Yeah, it's okay. But I he, know. I knew it was going to be whatever. But yeah, he's I, I want to support Michael Ealy. I think he's in. I know he's in that uh, uh, Stump Town. Yes. It's, yeah, which I've always meant to watch because it was Jake Johnson, Colby Smulders, right, and, and Michael Ealy, who like made it. There's someone interesting that made it. I don't know. It's based on a comic. I know that much. Yeah. Michael Ely. Was he in Westworld season three? I got to I got to I got to triple check. Yes, he was in Westworld. He's only in two episodes. Hmm. Anyway, yeah. I'm trying to think who else. I have notes that I could look at to see what we should talk about next. That race, yeah, uh, the only thing I have... Oh, Brian is now making Dom-style jokes. I don't know if you noticed that. No. With, with Orange Julius, because he's talking about how he doesn't want to, uh, you know, raise the ante for the race or whatever. And then Brian was like, well, everybody back up so we can get out of here, or some sh- something to that effect. Like, everybody get out of the way so old some Orange Julius here can move. Man. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, that's all I had. Uh, something I want to bring up. Uh, these are two Roman-related things. Uh, Roman's doorknob on his camper is a chain. And that, that safety-wise, that's not that great. <laughs> and what else? Did we talk about the fact that they take, uh, it seems they took off Roman's ankle monitor off in Miami? Yeah. Which, which, uh, yeah, either that or he was just waiting a long, long time to like feel his newly freed ankle. I don't know, dude. Yeah. This movie, it's ridiculous and it's a lot better than people say it is. That's all I'm going to say about it right now. It's really good. If you yeah. want a real Miami movie, too Fast, Too Furious might be like the most accurate Miami movie that we have. There you go, everybody. So if, if you're on the fence before about the, whether or not you like this movie, you should be convinced by now that it's one of the best movies. Damn right. Best films. Film. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode. What do you think? Uh, yeah, man. I feel like we've done this film justice. All right. Trying to think. We usually in these episodes. Oh, wait. Is this movie fast or is it furious? This movie is fast. Very fast. I I can't recall what we said the Fast and the Furious was. It's fast. See, I want to go ahead and amend mine to be a furious. Really? Yes. Uh yeah. That there's a lot more personal stakes in that you know, they, there's a lot more b- b- betrayals that happen within the movie. So I want to say The Fast and the Furious is a furious movie. Too Fast and Furious is a fast movie. All right. I like that. I'm going to say they're both fast. Just because fast to me is good because, you know what? We got to this movie pretty fast. <laughs> I also want to say that because just to me in my head, 
the 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 characteristics of just a straight quarter mile drag race is is a pretty aggressive style of racing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not too much to it. You know, like it's 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 very straightforward, quite literally. Uh, whereas the street racing exhibited in Too Fast, Too Furious takes a lot more finesse, takes a lot more you know uh, skill as a driver. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and and yeah, the the faster you could be in that while taking corners and everything like that is just gonna be better for you. Yeah, I think the racing in Too Fast Too Furious is actually better than in the first movie. Yeah, I'm gonna be controversial with that. I think that's a that's an incredibly fair statement to say. I'm just saying it's controversial because everybody, for some damn reason, think this movie's horrible. I'm here to defend it. Damn it. Anyway. Yes, yeah, a fast movie. 10-second car or 10-minute car? This is a 10-second car, baby. Yes, it is. All right. How do we end this with a quote? What quote should you. we... Oh, you got it? Yeah. Oh, wait. Social media. I'm Nick Latham on everything. <laughs> I'm talking about Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd. What else am I on there? Follow follow the podcast on Instagram at quarter mile at a time pod. And follow me at... At Rich Cammy on Twitter and Instagram. There you go, uh, baby. And yeah, check out all the other uh, arcade audio shows on the network. Go to patreon.com slash arcade audio to listen to bonus episodes of this podcast in which we cover Fast and Furious pod, uh, Spy Racers. I almost said Pod Racers. <laughs> we'll get there. Now, this is Spy Racing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, so that, that's going to be it. Uh, Rich, take us out. And we ain't hungry no more either, bruh. Thank you. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.